Hey there, Joshua here. Uh, just getting back from my interview with a guy named Travis Wiggins. Uh, actually, somebody I, uh, I already knew. Um, I'd like to give a big thank you to Sheila Dunn for uh, referring Travis, and a um, big thank you to Travis for participating. Um, I've known Travis for about a year, and um, he actually participated in a um, brainstorming session I had at the end of uh, last year's um, a community thread interview period and uh, helped me to put some things into place for this year and uh, Travis is also uh, makes up the the longest continuous thread uh, 14 people um, came before him referring each other um, until finally it ended up back to somebody I already knew I think that's pretty cool um, Travis and I have a great conversation um, Honest, vulnerable, and sincere, uh, like so many of them tend to be. Um, maybe a little more casual and um, maybe a little more conversational uh, than some of them. And I think that may be due to our being uh, peers and age and um, sharing some identifiers um, and also, um, you know, due to the fact that we knew each other. Um, but um, I hope you'll enjoy the conversation and I hope you'll uh, get something from it and I hope you'll come back again soon um, so just one more interview left for this year and uh, on to the next thanks again we're live how old are you for the record I am 39 years old nice yeah I'm right behind you uh, who are you and how do you describe yourself my name is Travis Rache Wiggins, and how do I describe myself? I am a father recently. My daughter is two, just a little over two years old. That's become a really large part of how I define myself right now. I'm a, a husband and a partner and a lover to my wife, uh, Emily. I am a member of my family that's really important to me my family all lives in georgia um, that's where i grew up <clears throat> but i feel pretty darn connected to them despite the distance so that's part of my definition of myself i would say i um i work as a nurse and that's definitely a part of my definition of myself i would say um, it's work that really resonates me resonates with me it's the, the working with people. Um, what else? How else would I define myself? Um, I'm a fairly deep thinker. Uh, I, although I feel like I oftentimes end up keeping a lot of those thoughts inside. And I am someone that really, I, I do really, I care about people quite a bit. Mm -hmm. um, I love people and I, I think that it's uh, such a, a gift to have all these wonderful people in my life. Hmm. Well, cool. That's a good segue. What do people mean to you? Oh, <laughs> that's a good segue. Um, people mean to me, ah, that's, I don't know. Let me think about that for just a second. Um, I was tempted to say that people are like everything, but I don't think that's really true because there's so many more things that I appreciate that aren't, aren't human. Um, but people are a, a wonderful way for us to experience being human, human beings. Uh, it's a way for us to experience our consciousness and our emotions and uh, I think that's something that sets us apart from a lot of the other things that I appreciate. You know, I, I love the trees and I love the breeze that's blowing outside right now. And I uh, have so much appreciation for all those things, but I really love about people, um, our humanness and, and <clears throat> the human experience I find to be rather interesting. Uh, you know, seeing that quite a bit as a nurse and just the the, the different things that people bring to our relationships when I meet them in the hospital or when I meet, meet people on the street. It's just, it's a, such a broad experience, the, the, human, the human experience. And 
I love interacting with it. I love interacting uh, with that and my friends and my family and my community. So I think that uh, yeah, just being human is, is a pretty cool thing about what people mean to me. Hmm. There's a fair amount of uh, human behavior that like wouldn't reach the top of my like favorites list. Understandable. Yeah. What's your take on on that? How how do you when you're hit with something that isn't your favorite? Uh, <laughs> if I can use those terms. Yeah. Uh, how does that? Maybe not in. Your how do I respond? Yeah, but not maybe not even in your immediate reaction. But like, what does it actually mean to you? Like after you've can after you can process that. Yeah. I think that's an area where I. Uh, could stand to grow a little bit, to be honest with you. My reaction to things that I don't see favorable. Because I, I think historically, uh, and even up until this, like right now, I, I tend to be, I would say, fairly passive. That'd be a critique of myself. I feel, when, if I see something that I don't particularly like, I, I know that about myself that I can be fairly passive. For example, just a moment ago, I was walking down the street with. With my daughter, uh, we live in this you know residential residential area in downtown Bend. It's there's no mistaking that it's a neighborhood, and that it's downtown, and uh, but people tend to drive really quick. And uh, this guy came around the corner in like his Mustang, and just immediately like revved it and was like on uh, a trajectory to be going really quick, really fast, right down this residential street, and. Uh, couldn't quite make eye contact with him because of the windshield and the glare on it, but I looked right at him and I just kind of said something to the effect of like, whoa, dude, <laughs> you know, and like maybe a little bit of a hand motion, just like tone it down, brother, because this is my, this is my neighborhood, man. Um, and I thought about that after that moment and I was like, that was, I guess maybe actually an appropriate way to encounter someone doing something that I think is like, outside the realm of, of normal <laughs> or safe or, or wise or prudent. Um, but I thought maybe I could be doing more here. Like, like real, not to say I should be aggressive to that guy, like go beat on his door or like throw a rock at him or anything. But um, how do I convey a message to this guy that maybe more than just a slight waving of my hands and like tone it down, like this really isn't okay. And think about what you're doing. Um, so that's something I've been trying to work on uh, is to you like find my voice and to use it for, uh, for some benefit for me and my community. Um, because yeah, sometimes I'm passive. There would have there was probably a day where I never would have motioned to that guy at all. I might have just been upset on the inside, mm -hmm. like, well, that's too bad that guy's driving like a jerk mm -hmm. uh, in my neighborhood. But so I guess I'm glad I've made some progress, but I still kind of feel like a softie there. Mm. Some room to grow. Yeah, uh, my reactions are a bit more extreme, so you can yeah. just walk around town with me <laughs> and take some notes if you want. And I see that like lots of people <laughs> are more extreme, and yeah. So that's a good thing. I mean, it takes all types, but yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to work on that. Cool. Uh, what concerns you about the state of the world and humanity these days? What really gets under your skin? What's affecting you personally? All sorts of things. <laughs> it's because uh, I, I like to think I generally have a pretty positive outlook, but I do. I feel uh, a certain level, like this baseline level of, of stress and sorrow and like mourning about things. So let me see if I can pull out a few, man. Like, cause that, it, I do feel, well, I don't, what was the question again? Well, you know, the, there's just, the yeah, <clears throat> just what concerns you about the state of the yeah. world and humanity, but what I'm, what I would like to hear, and this is for some reason or another, it's been really difficult for people to latch onto this part, but I want to know about the, what affects you personally part, because I have a list of like, it grows daily about the issues that concern me about yeah. the world. But I can honestly say a number of them aren't directly affecting me. And even a number of the ones that I really care about, right? They're not, like my thoughts about 
the way we treat each other uh, in regards to racism or homophobia or sex trafficking are very real and they neg they negatively impact me and my thinking and they they um, they grow my sorrow yeah. by the minute but they don't affect me yeah right I get that um, all right well, one thing I think about a lot uh, is the way that in in our society like at least here in North America for someone of, of my age and of my background and of my privilege basically um, I I'm concerned with how many choices we have and how like open to the how uh, like the world is an oyster is like is the kind of the the common adage and for most of my life I knew that to be true and I kind of thought that was like a gift and I think in many ways maybe it still is but I think there's another side to that coin that everything is out there for the taking um, I think the other side of that coin is that how does it affect me personally I feel less uh, obligated to do a lot of things I don't feel um, particularly like, yeah, obligated is, a, is a, I think an appropriate word, but I think there's another word I'm looking for. I, I don't feel particularly, um, uh, is obliged, is that the right word? I don't feel like a duty to certain things due to this overwhelming sea of choice that I have in front of me. And I think that that's common among people of my age and my background and my privilege, I guess, being a younger, white, educated male. Um, so sometimes it seems like what that turns into, that sea of choices, is uh, it manifests in, in choices that maybe aren't serving you or the world very well. It can turn into a life of uh, like excess or like, who knows, like addiction or rampant consumerism or uh, like action unbound to any spirituality or any tradition or any lineage. And so while I don't feel particularly like wrecked by any of those things, I feel like uh, it's affecting me nonetheless because sometimes it just feels like I'm like humming along in this like easily accessible, like kind of low hanging fruit opportunistic fashion. Like, well, this is like a super easy groove. Like I, I, I can be rather passive. Um, no one's really attacking me emotionally or because of my uh, education or color or religion or sex or sexual preferences or anything. So I'm, I'm just like on this steady path. And then the choices that I'm left with are um, oftentimes rather easy and fun ones. It's like, so now my choices are just like, do I want to take up skiing or windsurfing this year, you know? <laughs> and they're, they're things that don't carry a lot of weight or consequence and they don't really affect too many people beyond myself. And I feel like some people just by the nature of who they are get forced into a more like consequential way of being like they have to engage with serious stuff on the daily because of who they were born how they were born and um i'm lucky in a sense that that's not me but then it just i feel like sets me adrift on this like easy path this life of leisure which in a way i'm lucky for it and i'm grateful but um I feel like now as I'm kind of like entering these like middle years of my life, I'm interested in finding something with more purpose. Mm. The purpose hasn't found me and it wasn't handed to me. And I'm not, that makes it sound like I'm like a victim of my own reality, but um, I'm trying to find a way to be more essential, you know, like, <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, so mm. yeah, that's just some existential wanderings i suppose but i think that's what i got for you there yeah right on i love that 
I mean, I don't love your struggle, yeah. but I love that kind of conversation. And, and, and I think that, just to follow up on that, like, so that's some of how I feel about it. But I do think that, it, like, many people are experiencing that. And I think that that leads to a lot of what we see around us today with, um, it manifests differently in different people. And it might be some of that lostness or that lack of connection or that lack of accountability or that lack of tradition or respect any number of things that lack of something that people are having that might be leading to like school shootings and just like toxic commercialism and toxic sexism and all sorts of stuff like that because mm -hmm. we just that's the environment that I grew up in. No, uh, I'm not calling foul on any people that raised me for that because that's the environment that was around that they were coming into as well. Um, but I think that that is the relatively sad side <laughs> of our current situation. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I, I I think that's likely what leads to the Mustang guy's behavior. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right? I mean, I, I also get a thrill out of, like, acceleration. <laughs> yeah. But it's like I am becoming, as the days go by, more and more aware of, like, the setting, right? Yeah. And the appropriateness or the inappropriateness of that action. Yeah. Based on where I am. Yeah. And, and uh, I think a loss of ownership or sense of place or connection or purpose mm -hmm. manifests itself in like many ways totally. in, it's, in, it's... In, in many ways that daily uh, irritate me yeah and that's our society right now um, and there's a lot of opportunity there in the freedom and in the choices and luckily there's a lot of really beautiful people with open hearts trying really hard to point their energy and their intention in ways that are that are just i think but there's also a lot of people that just don't think about it and that's kind of like the uh the general background noise i think when you're looking around the general like oh this isn't so great <laughs> that's the sprawl you know and the the trash everywhere uh like that's that's that and then there's the um like the malignant side of it you know at the other, that end of the spectrum where it's like whoa this also this freedom this choice and all this it can go to a really uh, extreme degree as well mm -hmm. so. uh, here I, I used to ask what does community mean to you but I I don't want to know that so I've, <laughs> I've, I've tried to uh, I've tried to reframe this in a way where we can of head towards the destination I had in mind. So I've defined community as our relationships with each other and the world we live in. So like plants, animals, beings, environment. All community. All community, right? And, and our relationships um, being a key factor in, in it all. Mm -hmm. And I, I mean, nearly invariably, I really cannot think of the exception if there is one uh, people that I engage with, talk with through this project and out in the wild, um, claim that th those relationships, that community is the most important thing to them. Mm -hmm. With that said, what's going on with the obvious um, misses, the, the egregious um, breaking of that community, the, the, the hate yeah. The violence, the garbage, the pollution, yeah. the greed, the selfishness. Like, why are we missing the mark in such an extreme way on the thing that we claim to have the most importance yeah. to us? Well, respectfully, have you interviewed any serious perpetrators right. to that? I've been waiting for a referral. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... I don't really know. I, I, uh, I mean, just to, to answer your question, I don't fully know. My first glance, my first look into that, I would maybe think that 
um, it's uh, again kind of like maybe we're limited by our resources. There's so many again. This is kind of back to choices. This is a different type of choices, but there's just so many opportunities for things, for ways to spend our time now. So the people that you've been interviewing, the ones I've listened to are all pretty, they sound like pretty solid people that give a damn and that care. Mm -hmm. But they and you and me only have so much time and so much energy or so much resources, you know, it be that food or money or warm blankets or uh, an extra jacket to give to the guy on the, on the street, you know, like we only have so much. I guess that's a, kind of an easy answer, maybe a little bit of an excuse, because like even though I feel like I only have so much, like I look around and it's like, wow, oh, actually, I kind of have a lot. <laughs> and I feel very grateful for the things that I have. But um, so maybe, I don't know, maybe dig a little deeper. Maybe uh, the problem is just for myself that I'm not as uh like forthcoming with the things that i have as i could be that that i don't i know i don't think you're asking for this question to be like a pity party for me and myself um <laughs> but uh just just to look a little deeper into that it's like because i do wonder about that oftentimes like every time you go to home depot in bend for example and you leave the parking lot there's like somebody on every corner like asking for help essentially and uh it's been a goal of mine every pretty much every time i go to home depot uh or somewhere something up in that neck of the woods on the way back i'm like i kind of kick myself again for not having any cash and not having a little like goodie bag <laughs> to like hand those people it's like um that's a small thing but it's like it would be nice if i was doing something to help those people. I don't know what their situation is, um, but they look like they need help right there in that moment. I oftentimes wonder about that though. Like, like maybe rather than like offering somebody a Snickers bar that I have in my glove box, maybe it'd be easier to sit down and talk with them and just be like, tell me what you know about the resources that this town has and what is a good fit for you or not. And like, what are you, where are you running into barriers? I uh, have rarely, if ever made the time to do that, but I think that like having those kind of conversations might be helpful to people. Mm -hmm. That's kind of what we do at the hospital, you know, um, with people that need that sort of intervention or that sort of care. Um, but I don't know. Um, there's a lot of people in this town that care, and there's a lot of people that are activists and and holders like of the flag for change. I oftentimes don't know how much I'm that person. I uh, that's another thing that like that's kind of goes back to me like maybe oh maybe I could do a little more in that sense like growing into my role as. Uh, a vector for change or as, a, as an activist, that could be a good place to put my energy. But man, sometimes I just feel like tapped out trying to keep, you know, like I'm busy with my job and my family. So I, maybe the problem is we're just so freaking busy, man. I don't know, I'm just rambling, but. No, uh, well, I mean, I, I <laughs> think actually, think? <laughs> I think you're really onto something with the last thing you just said. And just to go back to your first question, in, in your response actually you know have I interviewed those people to tell you the truth I actually don't know right yeah because um, I think generally speaking uh, people have come to un understand that this project has a bent to it yeah right it's um, progressive and liberal and and you know c caring and yeah all these things so there's not gonna be many people who are gonna volunteer to just come out and, and own one of the these like social faux pas yeah but I do think, and I don't have someone in mind, and I hope that doesn't get you know m misunderstood. But I'm confident that there's people that I've interviewed that um, are missing the mark in some capacity. I I am. 
And yeah. I'm and I'm often the more I learn, and I'd say I learn fairly often. I'm I'm a curious person. Um, I very strongly believe that we are not doing it right. Yeah. And so I'm often looking for um, ways to do it better, and at the same time, evidence to to prove my own um, rightness. Sure. Right. Like. I don't think we're doing it right, so I gather evidence to suggest that we're not, right? So yeah. that it's like, okay, how can we do it better? I want to be better informed in my life. I want to be better informed for this project. I want to be better informed for the conversation. I don't want to get bowled over by someone's misquoting fact, right? Like yeah. there's a lot of incentives, um, total selfish ones and community-based and more social uh, reasons for me to want to learn. But the more I learn, the more I realize like, man, I'm contributing to things that like, are really negatively affecting the world in ways that I wouldn't have been able to imagine. Uh, been learning a lot about f- food, types of food, uh, and how some of my buying habits are keeping people uh, in slavery. Yeah, I mean, just one example, right? Uh, the 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 decisions I make, like I didn't plan my day um, down to the final dot or cross T, and I'm hungry. And I got to swing through the market. Yeah. And it's like, well, now that laziness or that misjudgment is contributing to pollution, plastic and disposable single use items or bad food, bad calories. Like, I don't know. I I think like the the question maybe sounds like I'm asking someone to own up to being a sex trafficker, Mm -hmm. but I'm really asking for someone to own up to like we are participating in life as it is being dictated to us yeah versus well, like really taking control and making thoughtful decisions like on a daily basis yeah so i think there i mean that's a good point and i think that like for you and me both it's important not to become paralyzed by the knowledge that you're not doing it perfect because you were born into this thing this like <laughs> uh consumer capitalist like um colonial patriarchal you know there's all these different terms you can put on it and it's a little bit of all of those or a lot of all those you were born into that and somewhere along the way something sparked something inside of you presumably Mm -hmm. as it did in me i know that like made you interested and waking up and learning a little bit more mm-hmm. but it's a continuum and if like I find that like if I allow myself to become paralyzed <clears throat> by the overwhelming amount of stuff that I could be doing like what's the good in that and uh, you brought up a lot of stuff like <clears throat> the food system and I mean I'd think about all that stuff daily uh and i hope other people do too but i think that for people to understand right now one thing they can do is be like voting with their dollar i'm a big proponent of that um so support the farmers and the food grow like the, the growers and the distributors and the preparers and the grocers that do it in a way that you understand to be the most sustainable for the world, you know, to try to source your your clothing and uh, your the things around you in your home and your recreation in the same fashion, that that is that's an area where in our home we really try to do that. But again, like you said, it can be freaking overwhelming and it can drive you crazy. Mm-hmm. So, and I've felt that. I feel it. I feel it regularly. But you kind of have to. Do the best you can and keep on learning and share and you know you're doing exactly that so i think you should give yourself a pat on the back that you uh have taken the the steps to identify what's going on and then and then start gathering some information and and disseminating it and it's hard too because there's so many people putting out information so like who do you listen to mm-hmm. who do you trust who do you give the precious time of your like that your ears have mm-hmm. for maybe two hours a week total?
to listen to a podcast or to do this or that. And like, so it can be, uh, you know, for you or me, I, I've got a podcast myself that you know about, and mm-hmm. I, I try to put some helpful information out there for people. It's like, I think everybody would benefit from listening to it, but in reality, people already have their ears hopefully glued to something else worthwhile. Um, but it's hard to get, I don't know. There's just a lot of information out there. Yeah. So it can be paralyzing. Yeah. I've used that word quite a bit, but sometimes that's how it feels. It's like uh, buyer's overload or whatever. I can't remember what, what that phenomenon is called, but it's just like, can be overwhelming, but realizing that all that's a continuum and doing the best you can. And I mean, hopefully, Hopefully everybody that you've interviewed on your podcast is doing that. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Cause that's, that's the thing. I don't, I don't think we're going to just suddenly like wake up one day and be in some sort of utopia. We have to start somewhere. And each one of us hopefully are. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you keep saying things that I just want to uh, dive, dig a little deeper on. Sure, so, go for it, man. <laughs> uh, I, you know, I, I'm, I would say here in Bend, Oregon, this geographic location more than any place I've ever um, invested time in, in a meaningful way. I actually find that so many people, it seems to me, this is judgment, all, like all the way, but it seems to me that actually people have... Um, created a utopia for themselves they they uh, um, credit it to their hard work or their smart financial decisions or their real estate accomplishments somewhere else and they've come here yeah and they are now living a life of relative wealth in a beautiful place so that they can feed their um, interests of recreation you know predominantly um and, and then the concerns of others who haven't done that or who already lived here or are living here without those um, same advantages uh, c- can easily be forgotten because they're in their groove. They're living their best life. They're, um, you know, they're shredding it, bro. And they're um, high on it, right? And um, and this my big struggle is like I obviously want to do better, right? To do better for my partner and to do better for myself and to like, um, I'd love to buy a home and like not stress about the work I need to do on my car and um, eat delicious food, right? And like travel. I've got all kinds of things that I am keen on. Um, And like always in the back of my mind or like right there at the front of my mind is like, there's so much to do. There's so much work to do. There's so many like really dire situations out there. And, uh, and I, I, I don't, I really don't know what to do with it. Like I'm doing a community thread with it, but I don't, like you said, man, people uh, got other stuff to listen to. And so, it seems like even within um, attempts at doing better, we we have so many choices, like you were talking about before. There's so many ways to choose to do better if you are inclined to, to do things uh, out of compassion or empathy. And I wonder often if like um, those things, those efforts, those uh, methods that our society has put um, into practice for us to follow and contribute to are all that efficient and um, I think at the end of the day maybe there's a bunch of people who like do really care and they are trying to do better and help but like 
we're not doing it right or like we're not doing it correctly or efficiently in ways that really make a meaningful difference. Yeah. Um, Do you have a thought as to why that is? I've got lots of thoughts as to why that is. Um, and it's it'll be laughable, I think, for, for most to hear. But um, our pursuit of money has built a culture of busyness. And um, it presents itself... Um, as lacking or it manifests itself in this feeling of lacking um, the voids that we have from our broken community and by that I mean relationship uh, will never be filled through like consumeristic effort or monetary gain or a bigger house or a faster car but but every person seems to need to learn that lesson and every person's like trajectory for that is different mm-hmm. some will never some some will perpetuate the opposite right they think that they have found the answer and it's through that so they they kind of win people over to that side um I can speak from my varied and exciting life and authentically say like the best times I've ever had have been about relationship. Yeah. They've not been about adrenaline or beauty or um, new experience. So we're very busy we're pretty out of touch with who we are with our own personal growth and uh, we're seeking to write that in wrong ways yeah <laughs> but that's it's just so judgmental right it's like so it's from a singular perspective of this person who people will have made their mind up about Yeah, I, I think that like you're wondering about the problem from the perspective of someone immersed in the problem, if that makes any sense. <laughs> so the problem is all you know, and it's really all I know. Mm-hmm. But like, I mean, I, I can't speak say for sure because I've never lived this life but I would it's like to, to really um, I don't know I would give a lot of hope to like indigenous peoples and the way uh, the leaders among them that are hope, helping to preserve like ancient and tried and true ways of living <laughs> in harmony with like the earth and and I know that some people will say well they're not living in harmony or they never were because they were always warring amongst one another that's not what I'm talking about I'm talking about people that like weren't ruled by money and uh, that had a different kind of contract with one another as family members and community members and um, I think that uh, we have a lot to learn from the survived and in and still intact indigenous communities. And that's an area where I would love to learn more. And then, but then being someone like me, I feel like you have to uh, be conscious of like the cultural appropriation and um, not just like take someone's ideas and practice them as your own. But, but I think there are situations out there where we can learn from people. And that's what I'm, I would like to be able to do more of, of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. 
because they're out there like so you're trying to figure out what okay so what's uh what's worth doing how do we fix this broken society well we can start maybe by like if i were to be an activist <laughs> i would probably be like i think i should be on the front lines man like the dakota pipeline and down in the amazon like because that stuff is like critically important and um it's like it's not their water rights it's like our water rights <laughs> and uh, it's not like their amazon it's like it's the freaking amazon man and like it needs to be protected and cared for as does all this land as does our continent that has been uh there's been a lot of environmental harm to it and a lot of poor farming practices and a lot, most of it driven by money. Um, mm -hmm. So, but like there's, we don't have to reinvent the wheel and we're probably not gonna figure it out if we're looking around from the vantage point of like a bunch of like young affluent white dudes trying to figure out how to solve the problems. Like the problems were probably solved long ago. We just forgot this, the answers. Mm -hmm. So I'm not, I don't know what I'm saying here. <laughs> I, feel, yeah. I feel like there's something there. Yeah. Uh, you've given me all these uh, softball segues. I appreciate it. You mentioned hope there. And um, this is another one I've reframed. And it's, it's this, um, there's some expl ex explaining to do for some of these questions because there's a lot of my own uh, evolution involved in them. But I used to ask, um, you know, what gives you hope for a better future? And um, somebody in the project pointed out like, um, and I'll paraphrase, you know, we, you can hope until the cows come home. Um, what it really takes is accepting responsibility and, and um, doing the work, right? Taking action to, to build a better future or, or live in a better way. So um, do you think we will accept responsibility and, and, and take action to, to create a better future? I think so. And I think we're doing it right now, quite honestly. So maybe, even though you didn't ask your old question, I'll answer it anyway. <laughs> Cool. Uh, which is what gives me hope. And I, <clears throat> what gives me hope is like when you look around in Bend and elsewhere, I would presume, although I can't speak from first-hand experience, there are lots of people working hard at some element, like some angle, and they're doing their best to preserve some old information maybe that is like plant medicine like herbalists or uh, some sort of craft you know like making clothes or shoes or you know like there are people that are divesting in some form from this large shitty system and doing things on a much smaller scale, a scale that's more appropriate and more sustainable, quite frankly, more satisfying. And, uh, and I see that and like, I'm so grateful to know a lot of those people. And, and I'm grateful that it's cool now to be doing all that stuff. And that people, maybe this is one of the good things about like social media, that people see that sort of thing, like farming or craft or uh cooking gardening and uh they see their friends doing it and they're like this is some cool stuff man i gotta get me some of that and i feel like that is growing and people that care uh people that are more committed to local and sustainable economies and food systems and um that I think has tremendous traction and it gives me hope and to the farming thing like um, the phenomenon and this is new to me but like when you look around maybe there's people that they're like oh man this I've been on, in the know on this for years well regenerative agriculture is like a newer concept to me 
it's something I learned about interviewing people for my podcast, which, by the way, is called <laughs> Modern Folk, and you can find it at modernfolk.net. Um, but I've learned about regener regenerative agriculture, and it's like, I almost think that like everything else is like, maybe important, but like that is where people should be putting their energy in. And, and there's a lot of people that are, and it's like, it's good for our communities. It's good for the economy. It's good for the soil. It's good for like, it's just got such hope and such promise. And the fact that it's cool and that people about like me know about it now, I think is a good thing. And, um, and as far as like our health, my wife, for some reason mentioned the word margarine this morning and in my understanding of the world like margarine doesn't uh it's not like a part of health <laughs> there might be some argument on that among some people but like i'm grateful that for like nutrition and health information that like there's a lot of shit out there on the shelf at the grocery store and being pushed down our throats on commercials on television. But most of the people that I know are not buying that or they're not listening to it on the TV or on the radio. And that gives me hope that like, there is no shortage of like horrible decisions that we can make. Mm -hmm. Some people are doing them all the time and they're rampantly making horrible decisions for their own bodies and their families and their communities and all that. But we are at a pretty cool time where there are some good choices out there and like it's an opportunity for us to engage with those good choices and to share some information man like don't eat that shit mm -hmm. <laughs> there's nothing good gonna come of that in your own body or in the soil or in the atmosphere it's a bad thing from start to finish and um so yeah i do have a lot of hope that's cool. <laughs> yeah. Good. Uh, we're winding down here. Um, you mentioned a desire uh, for purpose. Yeah. Um, so, do you uh, do you have an idea uh, of where the desire comes from? From where your compulsion comes from? That you know this to to have a sense of purpose. I do. And. It's kind of a sing like, I think I've always been interested in um, doing better for myself uh, and trying to be a better person. And again, that's a continuum and I've known that and understood that for a long time. But uh, there's really a, a particular author that I've read that I would recommend to other people and I'll mention it now. Uh, it's a guy named Stephen Jenkinson, and he um, he writes on a couple of subjects. Um, I actually have one of his books right over here. Uh, Stephen Jenkinson writes on death and dying in his first book, and it really changed uh, the way I understand a lot of things, and he highlighted a lot of things for me. And um, so a lot of what I've talked about today, I feel like, not necessarily like regurgitations of his ideas, but they, um, a lot of my feelings about the world were formed from reading Stephen Jenkinson's books, Die Wise, and then the other one is called Come of Age. And, uh, and there's other authors as well, but I, I would say is like, just through like my own reading and, uh, and I'm not even a, like a rampant, voracious reader, uh, but just through my own exploration of the world, I've come across a couple ideas and people. Wendell Berry's another one. And these are people that hopefully a lot of folks are familiar with, but um, they just share ideas of like, I, I feel like both some cynicism, uh, a fair amount in the case of, of some of the people that I read, but also uh, sometimes a path forward in a way that given the state of, of the world, um, how, how can we be more engaged and how can we do better for our, our families or our community as you defined it 
the community with those that we interact with and the living and non-living things around us how do we uh do our part and like so yeah I, it's a fairly singular thing it's reading those authors i would say primarily that launched me on that path of really wanting to understand and participate It is kind of cool, sorry. Because, <laughs> yeah. like, if they can do it, I mean, yeah, it's just the power of sharing information, which is really cool. The power of story, and the power of, of information, it's pretty profound. Mm-hmm. You have any closing thoughts? Um, I would share with you that I uh, have been a fan of your podcast, <laughs> I've listened to quite a few. Uh, by no by no means am I in the 150 plus club, but I've listened to a few of them, and uh, I appreciate your what you're doing. And if nothing else, I think that like your documentation of the people in this community is a pretty fascinating project. And to look at your website and to look through all the photographs, they're cool photos and they're beautiful people, and um, it's pretty cool, man. So. Thanks. Thanks for the work you're doing. Yeah, thank yeah. you too. It's cool to, uh, y- y- you know, having already known you, mm-hmm. likely through this project, yeah. uh, and then having your support at the brainstorm session um, last year, and and then all the people um, I mentioned in the email to you, like you're you're the product of the longest thread. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you're number 15 in a, in a string. Um, took 14 people uh, to introduce me to someone I already knew. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty cool. Which is funny. Yeah. Uh, so thank you too, man. I'm honored to talk to you. So thanks for, cool. thanks for having me.